1: from the hottest topics coming across our news desk. I'm Alcina Lloyd, and this is Housing Wire Daily. In today's episode, we feature a crossover of the RMD podcast from Reverse Mortgage Daily, hosted by RMD editor Chris Clough. In this episode, Clough sits down with Jesse Allen, the Executive Vice President of Alternative Distribution at American Advisors Group, or AAG. In this interview, Alan discusses recent initiatives and partnerships, as well as how the company aims to position its loan officers for success. But before you listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. TMS helps grow happiness for your customers, allowing you to do what you do best, continuing to build a business with raving fans. We believe that a happy customer is a referral and a customer for life. TMS is committed to building your brand through subservicing. Learn more today at subservicing.themoneysource.com.
0: Welcome back to the RMD podcast. I am very pleased to be joined by the Executive Vice President of Alternative Distribution for American Advisors Group, Mr. Jesse Allen, who's accountable for vision, strategy, and execution for the company's national field sales and wholesale originations business. Jesse, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the RMD podcast. I appreciate having the chance to speak with you. Hey, Chris, it's a pleasure. I appreciate the invitation and I look forward to the conversation. Absolutely. Well, I wanted to start off with your view of the general direction of the industry because as EVP of Alternative Distribution for the nation's leading reverse mortgage lender, I feel like you have a unique bird's eye view of the entire industry and how it's shaping up in the here and now and potentially for the future as well, considering that you oversee the uh, you know, national field sales and wholesale origination. So to begin a bit broadly, um, the market's getting bigger. The reverse mortgage market is getting big, bigger. Some recent data in- indicates that one in five Americans will be seniors by 2030, which is less than 10 years from now. So to start off on a general foot of current industry health and what the future may hold, what do you think that that growth means for the reverse mortgage industry?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, Chris, I think I'll answer this if it's okay by giving you a little bit of a, of a before and after and what I see in the industry from the, the first time I was in. So just for you, know, for, for you and everyone listening, this is my second time around in the industry. I first joined back in 07, so I've been around the space for, for quite a while, um, and I've had you know 30-plus years in financial services. So at the time when I first joined, I was a 20-year consumer banker, business banker, investment and insurance sales, all in the institutional banks. And in 07, I jumped into Reverse um, and, and have been in and out of the industry a couple of times. Most recently when I joined AAG in 2016, it was my second, my second stint in. So I'll answer your question through the lens of, you know, my view before and wh- how I, th- what I thought was going on. And maybe today, um, my second time back in, maybe if that makes sense. So, you know, first I'll start with regulatory changes. One of the big changes that I saw as I was doing my due diligence, um, in 16 about getting, uh, about whether or not to get back into the industry, was the consumer safeguards that came out around the product and the industry for consumers post financial crisis. I think while those were, you know, sort of um, caused volume the dip maybe a bit. Um, to me, through a banker's lens, because I'm a banker by by trade most of my career, they added a certain they added important guardrails for the product. And consumer safeguards, that's super important for, I think, the future growth of the product. So the first thing I'll throw out is I thought those were really important and transformational uh, for the industry in order to support that future growth. The other thing I would share, and this gets to your question, is the boomer demographic itself has shifted um, from the first time I was in. As an example, coming out of what we've been through uh, with the pandemic over the last couple of years, this will resonate I think customers today are more open to the use of technology is a great example. And the research also shows that folks are living longer, retiring at roughly the same age, so they're, they have more years in retirement. And we know, you know the, the, the downward pressures and sort of the quote-unquote retirement crisis, the things, the economic headwinds that fa- folks face as they live longer years in retirement. And that leads me to sort of the most material change that I see from before and and now, is the first time around in the business, the the retirement crisis and the boomer wave were theoretical for a lot of folks, unless you were in the industry like we were, right? And the wave is coming and we're going to ride the boomer wave and the volume, it's a great product and the product's going to continue to scale and serve more customers. Um, The big difference, what I see today is... Customers and families and communities are living the boomer wave. They're living the retirement crisis. And I'll give you a great example. When I got back in, obviously, I was traveling around a lot and I was on a plane probably six months in. And you know how that is. You meet people on a plane and you start talking about Before I could talk about the business I was in, as fate would have it, I find out that the gentleman I was sitting next to, he was flying several states away to to spend the week with his in-laws because they were home and they were having some health issues and they were trying to figure out, you know, do we keep the house where his wife grew up in when the family are states away, they have a hard time with transportation, healthcare. He was flying multiple states away. So when I talk about our customers today and their communities living the retirement crisis, if we engage people around us today, I think you'll find more stories like I ran into on the plane. And so that really makes I think people much more willing to listen and engage in a conversation around ideas that could empower greater choice in retirement. So, to your question, we all know the demographic wave is getting bigger, and we think about it in terms of think about fifty five and up homeowners. So, I am a Gen Xer, right? So, I am in that fifty. I am almost fifty four. I am in that wave. So, if you think about fifty five and up, there are literally seventy eight million older homeowners today in that larger population. And to your point, it grows to nearly 150 million over the next 30 years. So that's a, to your point around that, that addressable audience gets bigger. And the big thing today is that they're living these challenges that we believe housing wealth has a part of, has a hand in helping with every day. And that's certainly different than the first time I got in. So, and I think as we, as this conversation moves on, we'll talk a little bit about what I think we are doing and, and what the industry can do to serve more of that growing, that growing audience.
0: When you talk about some of these changes that you've observed and you're communicating, let's say directly with some of AAG's loan officer core, for instance, um, do you find that it's easy to, to get those loan officers excited about what the prospects are for the industry? How is the dynamic between the company and its loan officers changed in that time?
2: that's That's such a great question um, so I think it's easy to get people excited about serving the seventy eight million and up right and it's, and it's so in, the research is is um, is well established now around the retirement crisis and the role that housing wealth will play in that so people have the backdrop of the mathematical research, and we have that in our industry. People understand, wow, that's a big population of people with a lot of housing wealth that I can help serve. So of course, it's very easy to get people excited about it. Um, what we then shift to talking about is trying to shift that excited loan officer away from product discussion, because we were very excited about it back in '7, the wave, the equity, the product is great. We all believe that this is a, an elegant product for the senior homeowner, the reverse mortgages. So the excitement is the easy part, I think. I think it's then having the harder discussion around, okay, what kind of, are you bringing in the right loan officers who can not sell to product, but get to know the customer and sell to that identifiable need that the customer is having? And that's the hard part. And then wrapping them in an ecosystem, and I hope I can share more about what we've done here later, wrapping them in an ecosystem to help them have that cus- that conversation with the customer because that's where the real work starts excited about the opportunity is easy the question is do you have the the appropriately sized and trained sales force to speak to enough of that addressable audience and then have you wrap them in an ecosystem to help them do that effectively and maintain high service levels yeah
0: absolutely no i can see how that would be a, a shifting a uh, priority among some, and and considering all of the new realities that crop up that you've already alluded to, that's it sounds like something that is a full time job in and of itself to keep track of. <laughs> I'll put it that well, way. There's no doubt about no. that. Yes. Well, um, what challenges do you see, uh, for the industry as it works to serve more of the expanded audience, but also too, um, how do those challenges, uh, translate into maybe operational difficulties on the company side? Yeah.
2: Great question. So I think it's a big question. So let me, let me take it in pieces maybe, Chris, if I can. And if, and if I, if I neglect to address a, a section, you'll reel me in sure. and let me yeah, know. No problem. And we'll loop back okay. to it. Um. So I think it's first, when you think about the challenges question, it starts with who your customers are for, for me, an observation, and this will seem intuitive to, I think our, your listeners, Um. But how to operationalize around this idea is meaningful. And so one observation is as an industry, historically, the industry, our our early adopters as an industry are the more needs-based clients. They're using the product historically to age in place more effectively. And this means things like home modifications, paying off their existing mortgage and unsecured debt to free up cash flow. Um, And this group will clearly be a very important base of the industry, because as as that population gets bigger, we'll have more of those customers to serve. And I think the industry does a great job of serving those early adopters, if you will, those more needs-based clients. Um, The challenge is that... We're and we're beginning to see some success with this. We're beginning to see examples of this working. The customer need, the customer, the number of customers starting to think more proactively and intentionally about the role housing wealth can play in retirement. That number is getting bigger, and so now people are starting to think more critically about. Wait a minute, I do have nine point two trillion dollars in housing wealth, and I have a retirement crisis to navigate. And so whether it's customers or centers of influence, financial advisors, wealth planners, estate planners, adult children are beginning to explore um, conversations around um, some of the solutions. And again, all of this is supported and fueled, I think, by the academic research, think tank research, um, policy research. And so they're focused in on, hey, can I downsize my costs maybe and maybe buy my dream home in retirement? Um through a reverse mortgage for purchase, can I use this strategy to maybe delay Social Security? Where if, if I'm healthy and that makes sense to me in my individual situation, can I use funds from a reverse to fund a Roth IRA conversion or something that's written about a lot in the industry? Can I use the Heckam line of credit to mitigate sequence of return risk in years that are down? And so the the challenges we have as an industry a core group of customers who are who are we're really great at serving and who are super important to the growth of the industry and that population is getting bigger. The challenge is though that that penetration into the next set of buyers who need education and motivation and process for how do I leverage my housing wealth because that next set of buyers where they may not be early adopters. The retirement crisis is just as real for them. They're working every day to solve those problems. And yet they may not be that needs-based client. So the question is, how do we sell, set ourselves up to speak with that audience, educate that educate that audience and the folks who influence them, and then do a good job helping them operationalize around some of these new strategies? And we're beginning to see, every lender is beginning to see examples of that happening. The question is, what are the key challenges to scale that? Right? Um, and so, and, and I can... I'll pause here, um, but I, I can, you know, and I think there are kind of three big components to, to that puzzle, which we can talk about.
1: To hear the full episode, head over to reversemortgagedaily.com. Thank you. And more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week the housing news podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech or real estate executive to the show. Provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing HousingWire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Elsinna Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening to HousingWire Daily. I hope you have a great afternoon. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on all the hottest stories crossing our news desk daily. The podcast is now available wherever you like to listen. Make sure to tune in tomorrow.